We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is a Monday, so, of course, it is Notre Dame recruiting hour. Have an exciting weekend of news and notes to talk a little bit about after this victory. First victory of the season and in the career of Marcus Freeman at the University of Notre Dame as the head coach. Of course, they beat Cal 24-17, to and it was another home game, which means, Sean, we know that we had some recruits that were on campus that we need to get to, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, I guess a good place to start with, Sean, before we get into this week, because what we're going to kind of do on the show today, we're going to talk about a lot of the high schoolers in action this past weekend, some of the outstanding performances. We're also going to do a little college football roundtable in the second section where we're going to talk about some of the games that really stood out to us this week. And then we're going to hit a mailbag. But, of course, I'm Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at Irish Breakdown. I'm Davis, recruiting analyst here. And, Sean, I think a good place to start would be the – visits that happened over the weekend man because there were a couple guys that we wanted to and if you're not on the irish breakdown message board you should join it at boards.irishbreakdown.com because we're going to go over a lot of the information here but we've had continuous updates a lot of intel that been kind of rolling through over the last several hours and we already had a question that i wanted to pull up here sean because this was a, a recruiting intel piece that i put up this morning by mm-hmm. sand domer so if you want to update a legit update on Jeremiah Love, 2023 running back out of Christian Brothers Academy in St. Louis, Missouri. That was on the board this morning, I think about 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. So we've been on this one, man. So, so start there, though, Sean. I want to talk about Jeremiah Love. I want to talk about Tayshawn Lyons, star receiver yeah. out of Tennyson High School out there in Hayward, California. Let's start with Love since Bass and Domer wanted to start there. So – Kind of painting the picture here, Sean, and then we'll kind of talk about what happened this weekend. So Jeremiah Love was not on campus at Notre Dame this weekend. He was on campus at Texas A&M, which was, which is expected to be his last visit until he makes his final decision on where he intends to commit to for his college decision. So we have felt very strongly over the last two months, probably, <laughs> that yeah. Jeremiah Love was – in a really good spot with Notre Dame. Notre Dame was in a really good spot with, with Jeremiah Love. It was kind of reciprocated interest, obviously. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the Texas A&M visit because this was the last one. And for a few weeks now, probably at least a month, Texas A&M and Notre Dame have kind of been the two teams, right? Like there's been other right. teams that have been in the mix, sort of, like the Michigans of the world. Oregon tried to come in kind of late. Alabama was in for a long time before they got recru- uh, commitments from Justice Haynes and Richard Young. So th- there's been a lot of really high-profile teams and programs that have been after Jeremiah Love. But we felt good that Notre Dame's been in a great spot. So he visited Texas A&M this past weekend. And, Sean, I was told by sources close to Jeremiah Love that, first and foremost, love the atmosphere of Texas A&M. And how couldn't you, man? I mean, they have the 12th man, right? So it- it's it's a really nice game day atmosphere. And they said the student, student section – 
the crowd in general was just uproaring and had a great time in their 16 to 16 to nine defeat over the University of Miami. So a nice win, obviously, for Texas A&M, a top 25 victory for them. And I know I think Miami was number 12 going into that game, right? So it was it was a it was a very good, very good win for Texas A&M. So yeah. they talked a lot about, hey, it was a great atmosphere, had a great time, yada, yada, yada. But one quote that I got from a source close to him, Sean, was, but it didn't seem to move the needle that much for this recruitment, right? So I still feel very positive for Notre Dame's chances here. And we are in decision-making mode now time, right? The last update I gave before this one, there's my sources that told me that basically they don't want it to go past September. Like they didn't want it to go past August, but of course right. they want to get mom up to South Bend and meet all the coaches, all that good stuff. They It's decision-making time now for Jeremiah Love. They're going to leave it. The parents are leaving it up to Jeremiah. They of course have their influence. Like, you know, these schools make a lot of sense, you know, kind of painting the picture of what makes the most sense. But at the end of the day, this is Jeremiah Love's decision. And I personally still feel really good where Notre Dame is at, but we will know now, I think in a couple weeks on what the final destination is for Jeremiah Love. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And this is debatable, Brian, and I think a lot of people in the chat might push back a little bit. You know, I've been asking the question, in spite of being one and two and what we've seen in the first three games, big picture, how do you feel about the direction of the program, right? Being realistic about the situation that this coaching staff led by Marcus Freeman really took over. Not looking at what the previous records were in the three previous seasons, like realistically, when you looked at the roster and the lack of depth, understanding that and seeing the progression that we're seeing, how do you feel? And then you look at Jimbo losing at home to App State. Like, how do you feel about the that program big picture? Because he's been there a long time, right? It's like he should be further along, in my opinion, than he is. And you have Marcus Freeman at the Genesis dealing with the same struggles that Texas A&M seems to be dealing with right now. Quarterback play, offensive line play, and they probably have more explosive guys at the skill positions, right? They're supposed to have a dominant defense, dominant defensive line, and they're still struggling in the secondary. 
So my my point is, you know, if Jeremiah Love takes a, a step back and he's being honest, the trip probably didn't blow him away to the point where it pushed the needle. Because, you know, you're honestly saying, look, this is the beginning. This is the foundation. I know that. I love this place, right? I have my guys, my fellow St. Louis guys. There's a track record there for me to be comfortable coming there because I know these guys. Christian Gray's going. Jeremiah McClellan and Ryan Wingo might be coming next year. So now you start to build something that Jeremiah Love feels closer to in the family atmosphere where it's pretty much business-like at Texas A&M with the NIL and all of that. So now you get into a place where, you know, a close-knit family, a guy that's really close to his family, and it was important for his family to get to these campuses before he made a decision. Just looking at the makeup of the young man, I, I, I tend to lean toward what we've been feeling, that Notre Dame is in a great position. And I totally agree with you, you know, and – it was going to, in my opinion, it was going to take Texas A&M knocking it out of the park this weekend. And if they didn't do that, then eventually I see him joining our class in 23. I really do. It, it was interesting, Sean, because, I mean, so they had a victory over the number 12 team in the country in Miami, right? I mean, like, it was a yeah. really nice weekend for Texas A&M. And, and the fact that I still got the news that, like, it hadn't really moved the needle much. That did surprise me a little bit. I'm going to be honest, man. Like I was like, this is how I kind of thought the weekend was going to go. Notre Dame has a pretty clear lead in the Jeremiah Love recruitment. Alabama has a big win over Miami. You know, they they do pretty good stuff. Devin A. Chain, their star running back, had a pretty solid game for for Texas A&M. And I think I thought that would move in slightly, right? Like I thought that you would kind of come out of there and you'd be like, okay, maybe they close the gap a little bit. At the end of the day, even if they closed the gap and didn't overtake the gap. It doesn't really matter because if Notre Dame's the leader, Notre Dame's the leader. We're only had a couple weeks left, right? Like that's kind of the end all be all to me. But I was personally a little surprised that the meat needle maybe didn't move as much when you consider that they just did have a big win at home in Kyle Fields. Yeah, you have spent most of your time in on this and being locked in and giving great intel from start to finish. And it's, it's very similar to what I feel early on in the Justin Scott recruiting. Like, they're just Midwest kids, man. Like, really, nothing is going to really move the needle for them when it comes to them, the family-oriented family kids that they are, proximity, wanting to be close to family, wanting their families to be able to come and see the games. That's just who they are. And I don't really think anything is going to wow them and move them away from who they are. It's the same similar thing with Jeremiah Love. Like, I've said this. Christian Gray has been telling me for three weeks he's coming. Like, don't worry. He's coming. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. But that was just the feel. And I think, you know, as shocking as it might be, you know, you think big time, prime time football game down in Texas, full stadium, you know, two top 25 teams, like the vibe would be crazy. But then you think about it, you know, that's a totally different, like Texas is totally different. It's totally different. And a kid from down south might walk into that same game and feel like, wow. And then Jeremiah, who's just a, a true Midwest kid, is like, I mean, I had fun. It was nice, but, you know, and like you said, you know, A-Chain having a great game. They're running back. And, you know, the running backs that they put into the NFL out of that program, you would you see why it's attractive. Like, it's no doubt sure. as to why it's attractive, you know. And Alabama would have been attractive if they didn't get the two guys they got, right? Right. But it would have taken, in my opinion, Alabama and Texas A&M are two different things. Like, if Alabama <laughs> wants you, that's – that's totally different you than listen. texting them in Notre Dame and pulling me from the Midwest. That's totally different. So I think for me, that's the difference, that there isn't that big yep. wow opportunity there to take him out of who he is and what he ultimately really wants to do. He he has his priorities straight. The family has mm -hmm. a priority straight. If you know anything about the family, the dad is a retired military member and he is very like, they value education in that household, right? Like, and I'll tell yeah. you this very, very forward here. 
Texas A&M and other schools can offer something that Notre Dame can. I'll leave it at that, right? But at the end of the day, I think that the priorities, and I I hope you got that subtle cut I just had at those types of programs, but we'll talk about that another time. But uh, it's, it's something where I feel like Jeremiah Love clearly has an understanding and his family have a clear understanding for what they're looking for. I mean, the kid wants to go pre-med, Sean. Like, he's a really, really smart young man. If he's not going pre-med, he's going to go into, like, some type of engineering, some engineering that's way over my head, right? Like, he's an intelligent, intelligent cat. And he understands what the – I mean, because I I, I know at one point he was even talking about, like, Stanford to me is, like, a team that, like, hey, he's interested in because he values education heavily. He's like a Braylon James in that regard, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, incredible athletes – but at the end of the day, they're well-rounded athletes, right? They're well-rounded yeah. people. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of the last couple weeks kind of lean up to it. But I think that we will have inclusion to this recruitment pretty soon here. And I like where Notre Dame is. The other guy I want to talk about, Sean, a guy that was on campus for the first mm-hmm. time ever, Mr. Tayshawn Lyons, tennis in high school out in Hayward, California. This one's been interesting, Sean, because this one is something where – and if you haven't followed along with our recruiting hour, two weeks ago we talked a lot about Tayshawn Lyons after he had 303 yards on eight catches yeah. and three touchdowns. Like, he's a dog. By the way, don't know if everybody saw, but on three just had a recruiting update where now Tayshawn Lyons is ranked as the 129th ranked player nationally. So he's taking a rise now, man. Couple, yeah. couple other rankings we, we don't want to talk too well of, Sean, because I don't know if you saw, but Don Schuler's no longer in the top 300. Rico Flores dropped out of the top 300s. Like, what are we joke. doing? What are we doing? Yeah. It's, it's a real joke, man. It really is. But so Tayshawn Lyons, though, that being said, he had a nice uh, ranking boost. Up to, uh, yeah. Number 129 in the country. He was on campus for the first time. This is the one because he has really been trending in the right direction right and with Notre Dame speaking Notre Dame has been kind of assumed I don't know if I call him the leader but like trending towards leader for a while because they're they've been they haven't been in on on Lions for like they've been talking to Lions but they haven't been in in on Lions until a couple of months ago right so things are really trending yeah. in the right direction Sean I know from everything I've heard he he spent an extra day than what was originally mm-hmm. anticipated he was supposed to leave yesterday he stayed until today Again, we had that in the recruiting update last night in case anybody wants to sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com because, you know, we give you the intel a little bit ahead of time here. But so he stayed an extra day in South Bend that was not originally planned. And we'll have further updates on how the the visit went in depth over the next few days. But I'll say this, by every account, went really, really well. And I think Notre Dame did everything they needed to do in this recruit, in this visit, not, we're not 100% sure what the timeline is for making a decision or, you know, sometime during the season, but things are running very well in, in the direction of Tayshawn Lyons, who does not play in the – and I know there was a question on, like, why haven't we talked about Lyons for, like, a little bit longer? It, it's just – I mean, he doesn't play at a high level of competition out there in California, right? Like, he dominates yeah. some lower level out there. And the question is, like, how will that translate? Well, I think it'll translate really well because he's a really dynamic athlete. Sean, I know that you've been able to talk to a couple guys that were on campus this past weekend as well. And I know Cam Williams is one that we'll talk about in a little bit that was on campus and, and all that stuff. Just kind of general speaking to the guys that were on campus, how do you feel that we should feel about Tayshawn Lyons and Notre Dame leaving? It's a pretty good conversation, but obviously you have a couple different sources than I have. Yeah, they really didn't have in-depth conversation with him. It was a meet, greet, what's up? But I think, you know, we got, from the conversations I had with those guys, it felt like there was a full-court press being put on for Tayshaun to make sure his experience was what he felt and what he tweeted about. So Notre Dame hit it out of the park. And with that being said, you know, you know the commits kind of were introduced to him. And then they kind of like moved him and his family on to the next thing because they had everything planned out. So, like I said, they met him, they dapped him, but didn't really get a chance to have a full conversation with him. But they're looking forward to him coming back. That was something thrown out that there might be another return. Hopefully the second return to a game will be as a commit to the 2023 class. That would be fantastic. 
Yep. And, and I'm be, I'll be very interested to see what the full timeline is. Cause again, he hasn't really put a public timeline out there as far as like, right. want to be committed by the end of October, November, December. Like we don't know. We don't hundred percent know. I think it'll definitely be this fall. There's no doubt about it. I, I wouldn't anticipate it. Trent, like, I wouldn't expect it to drag on that much longer if I'm being completely honest, like just kind of everything I've heard behind the scenes and from like their side of things a little bit, right? Like everything is trending in a great direction. So Notre Dame knocked this one out of the park. It obviously helped out getting a victory was, was a nice little touch there. Right. And right. you know, he's a California kid. They saw him beat Cal Berkeley, all that good stuff. So good things trending for Tayshawn Lyons there. There's no doubt about it. I also will have we have a lot more updates this week because we talked to a lot of kids, but uncommitted, committed, and kids that don't even have offers right now in the 2024 class. And I'll say one thing that you said, Sean, that I agree completely of it was just kind of reiterated. They did the staff and the recruiting staff in in both in large did just a tremendous job kind of isolating these kids and really giving them all the attention that they needed. Right. Yeah. Like I really felt they yeah. did a great job kind of curtailing the recruiting process to each individual kids, to, you know, to like, make them feel comfortable. So right. shout to the Notre Dame coaching staff and recruiting staff for this recruiting visit during the Cal weekend. Cause I think that they did an absolutely tremendous job. So yeah, and that's, so that's, that's kind of the, yeah. yeah. The, the staff should be commended. Right, because one thing yes. they have not done amidst this troubled start is drop the ball when it comes to recruiting. They have not been deterred when it's come to the recruiting trail. They are on the same wavelength, pulling on the same rope, and going just as hard, even at one and two, right, right now. So you love to hear that. It goes to the point you just made. No, nah, no, nah, absolutely, Sean, and I love you kind of adding on to that one. So. That's the visit updates both for Notre Dame this past weekend and Notre Dame commit, obviously, and Jeremiah Love, who was down at Texas A&M. So, Sean, we want to move into, obviously, the reason we're here, though, man, we want to celebrate kind of the class that Notre Dame has kind of in store already. And I, I came out with an article that was live this morning, just kind of talking about a lot of the commits in this class and the performances they had in their high school games over the weekend, I'm actually going to drop it for the people that we're live with right now. In case you want to take a look at the article or if you want to you know, just kind of follow along with us. We'll be working through a few of these players today. Maybe not touch on every single one because we have some more stuff that we want to talk about, obviously. I know Sean is fired up to talk about a little college football action that we saw this past weekend. So we want to get to that, of course. But it is the recruiting hour here. So, Sean, where are we going to start, man? You tell me. You want to start with quarterbacks? I feel like that's always where we need to start with. But yeah, that's the that's the spear. That's that's the point. That's that's what makes the first contact on the target and on the bullseye. Always start with the quarterbacks. Uh, that's it, man. And and of course, everyone is really excited about CJ Carr in the 2024 class out of Saline High School in Michigan. And Sean, I mean, especially with the Tyler Buckner injury and some inconsistencies at quarterback just so far this season, a lot of people want to talk about quarterbacks. And I get it, man. Like, trust me, quarterback is the most important position in sports, not in football, in sports. There's no doubt about it. So let's talk about C.J. Carr, who, again, Celine is now 4-0 on the season. They defeated Monroe 40 to nothing this past weekend, Sean. And they he was out of the game, I think, I think he had like one series into the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was just yeah. – it was an ugly game, man. He was 19 of 22 passing, 219 yards, two touchdowns, very efficient. Did not make many mistakes in this game. Also ran for 58 yards and another touchdown. I mean, Sean, like this, this game was basically all due respect to the Monroe program, but this was men and boys, if we're being honest, from C.J. Carr. Just, I mean, he basically could do no wrong in this first yeah. game, in, in this past yeah. game against Monroe. Yeah, you probably won't see this team tested until like a rivalry game late in the season and then going into the Michigan State playoffs, and then you'll get to see him against really good competition. But we expected this. He's continued to just settle settle into the season. His leadership, his moxie, his arm, his his, he has a beautiful deep ball. He just has a beautiful deep ball. You love to see that, especially with the guys coming in at the wide receiver position in the 23 class. With, you know, being able to possibly add Tayshawn Lyons, hey, that's some weapons to walk into if you're C.J. Carr and you have to feel really good about that. So, 
look, you're going to continue to see him progress and get better. And I'm scared to see what he's going to do his senior season if he actually goes back. Like, if he doesn't reclassify, they, he might break all types of records in this state next season. The, the kid is good. He's that good. Like, when he signed, yeah, I think from a standpoint, we were kind of shocked when he committed that early and it caught us mm-hmm. off guard. We really hadn't dug in on him as a quarterback or watched as much film. But the more film we watch and seeing him play the game, you understand why Tommy Reese and the staff felt the way they felt to be comfortable enough to say, you know what, we're going to take this kid right now this early in the process. So it's just Sean, further confirmation. Yeah, it really is, man. You know what's interesting? I, we've talked about this before, but you're going to have three straight recruiting classes in the state of Michigan, 2023, 2024, and 2025, that all have potential to have five-star quarterbacks at the end of it, man. Like, we talked about Dante Moore in nauseam, obviously, with what Notre Dame's yeah. early standing was. Talked about C.J. Carr in nauseam because of where Notre Dame's standing is, right? And Bryce Underwood's the next guy up in that state, man. I and mean, he's ranked number one in the class overall right now. So the state of Michigan's put out some quarterbacks in these last three cycles, man. Some excellent quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because Michigan, the University of Michigan, is actually coming to Illinois – to get their quarterbacks. They have like two on the roster right now. So it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see the state of Michigan developing these great quarterbacks and the Underwood kid. He might end up being the best. He's real, man. Out of all of them, like you watch him winning a championship as a true freshman and it's like, yo, he has two more years, three more years to develop. This is crazy. And if he grows any, if he gets any taller, that's just gonna make him better. And I, I he's always he's already like six foot three, man. Like he's a big kid already, you know. That's, that's crazy. Point. Like, yo, if he actually grows and becomes like that Trevor Lawrence type, six five, six yep. six, big stocky kid that can move like that with that arm, it's scary. It's absolutely yeah. scary how good he can be. I, I, here's here's a take. And again, like we have no idea where the standing is going to be with Notre Dame and, and Bryce Underwood. Like nobody knows right now. Every team is going to be after that kid, like every single one, because he's a really good student on top yeah. of being 6'3", 205, and the special player that he is already. I mean, Sean, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say, man, that like he he is probably the most God-given talent of those three, pretty substantially Absolutely. in my opinion. Like that kid's special, Absolutely. man, special. Yeah. Absolutely. And the Notre Dame got in on him early. They offered him yes. early, like, yo. Which Notre Dame doesn't do too often, man. He was a freshman when they offered him. So, like, yeah. they, they got in early with Bryce Underwood. So, yeah. it'll be interesting. For the third straight cycle, we're going to be talking about Notre Dame and a Michigan quarterback. It's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. I don't know what the standing will be. I don't know what the end result will be. I don't even know where it is right now, if I'm being completely honest. But very talented quarterbacks that the state of Michigan is starting to put out here. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see, Sean. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about we start before we even start the show. Sean's like, "Hey, man, when we get to Jade Lamar, Lake Steve's running back, and we get to Mister Dylan Edwards, running back out of Derby High School in Kansas, but also going to play slot receiver, more gadget type at Notre Dame. I want to talk about these guys. So, Sean, I guess I'll highlight what they did this past season, and then I'll let you go off, my friend. I'll let you go off. So, Jade Lamar." In his second game back from injury, he had five touchdowns yeah. the first game. Five more scores by halftime in Lake Stevens' 63-21 to victory over Federal Way. They are winning 42-7 to at halftime, and Lamar had five touchdowns total. And, of course, Dylan Edwards continues to put an absolute show out of Derby, Kansas. So he had 185 yards in, on 19 carries four touchdowns. He also had a 92-yard touchdown return for a touchdown. So, Sean, I'll, I'll give you the floor, man. A couple dynamic athletes coming to Notre Dame next year. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because all I've heard from others that cover the team after a win is how depleted this roster is when it comes to playmakers and speed, Right. And big picture, I continue to to preach, yo, there's help on the way. Like, there's hope. Like, relax. This season will be in its own bubble. But I promise you, you'll be pleasantly happy 
and pleased with the next two years. And then I get film this weekend of both of these guys just doing just Clark Kent going into the phone booth, coming out type stuff. Like, what are we doing? Like, minute left in the game, fourth quarter, everybody in the stadium knows you're getting the ball and you're just, okay. And if you haven't seen this run, this winning touchdown by Dylan Edwards, there is something given to young men because usually when you try to cut or turn a corner, some people have to take like maybe a quarter step or really a half step to like, and then decelerate just a little bit and then accelerate. This kid mm-hmm. turns a corner and cuts like same speed. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this is special. Like, please understand what's coming to South Bend soon in 2023. This is different. This is special. And if you are worried yes. about playmakers on this roster, you don't have to worry about that. They're on the way. And then Jay Lamar, like, you know what? Guys trying to hit me in my knees. I'm going to just jump over them. I'm going to go ahead and do a flip. <laughs> I'm going to do it in style. That was, most, that was the most ridiculous jump I've ever seen, man, because he literally flipped and almost, like, landed on his butt. I'm like, what the heck did I just watch, man? And nobody talks about him. Nobody talks about no. him because, again, it's like Jeremiah Love special. Sure, Jeremiah yes. Love is special, and I hope – Another game, 100%. Top 100 player, top 50 player maybe potentially at the end of the day. But Jalen Lamar could play too, man. Like he's got 10 touchdowns in two weeks for Lake Stevens. Like he's a good football player, man. Good football player. And, and once again, Dylan Edwards is just he's, – he's different, Unreal. man. He's, these are two touch-by-God athletes. Like, because everybody can't do what they do. Like, you can't do that. Only special ones can do that. And you've been saying we need those type of guys at Notre Dame. Well, guess what? This staff went out Mm -hmm. and got it. Right? So, you know, we're happy to talk recruiting with you each and every Monday. And we get geeked every time we see film come out Friday night. Like, oh, this is what we get to talk about Monday? Okay, mark that down. <laughs> and it's going to keep yep. happening for the next six to seven weeks, well into November, Ryan. Like, they give us so yep. much so much hope as a fan base and so much content to talk about because they're absolutely amazing, amazing athletes. I'll tell you this, Sean, every single week, man, the, the, the recap piece that I come out every Monday – it takes me hours to write, man, because I'm like, they're just doing so much stuff, and all these clips are crazy, man. Like, I'm just collecting these box scores and these yeah. these vi- highlight videos. I'm just like, what the heck, man? Like, yeah. and I'll say this, and this is a claim that I'm going to make, and I don't care what anyone thinks about it. It's fine. If Dylan Edwards is not returning punts or kicks as a freshman at Notre Dame, then it's malpractice. It's malpractice, man. Like, you got to get hit that skill set on the field. I'm not saying he's going to come in – day one and be an offensive juggernaut, right? And be the starting slot receiver and being this explosive player. But like he, you got to get him on the field, man. He is too dynamic of an athlete not to be on the field. Get him on the field. Has to be, has to be. And as someone just said in the chat, we get Jadarian back next year too. Like. That's very true. It's very talent true. Won't, talent yep. won't be the problem on this roster next year. Speed won't be the problem. And just hold fast yep. and deal with this season in a bubble with context and understand that big picture, the direction of everything is all good. It's, it's, it's really good. And if you need to watch high yep. school football every Friday to feel that way, then by all means, go right ahead. Because if you watch the commits of 2023, you're going to get very excited before you see Notre Dame play on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited, Sean, because, again, I keep thinking about the the future of these the skill position. And it's like next year you could have 
Chris Tyree back, who's a four three something athlete. You have Audric Estime, who's not the fastest, but like he's just a battering ram, right? Like he's a yeah. thundering, thundering runner. But then you got guys like Jadarian Price coming back from injury, who was going to play a ton of football before he got hurt. He's a dynamic yeah. weapon. Jabron, Jabron Payne, hopefully, is back full from his recurring issues of injuries over the last couple of years because he can scoot a little bit too. And then you sure. got. Jane Lamar, who's been timed at 4-4-6 in the 40-yard dash, and potentially Jeremiah Love, who, again, who is another 4-4-something athlete. And then, hey, Dylan Edwards might be in the backfield at times, too. That's a 4-3-type athlete. So the next few years, Notre Dame's got some athletes to run in back position, man. They got some athletes. So they have to use them, right? They have yeah. to, but yeah. they can run. They You're can absolutely run. right. Absolutely run. It's malpractice if you don't use them. It, it is. At this point, it's, it's malpractice. Get the kids out there. Let them play. Let them make a difference. Yo, when you know you have those, you, know, you watch film all the time, Ryan. All the time. Mm-hmm. When you have that much talent and speed on the field, I doubt very seriously that you're going to see that many eight, nine in the box with that much speed on the field. It's hard, man. It's hard. To, it's hard. I mean, it, it's – We'll talk about malpractice. It's malpractice putting so many guys in one-on-one coverage against that type of speed outside, man. Like, it's malpractice, right? Like, Notre Dame's going to have that type of speed. Sean, I wanted to move on to another pass catcher because Mm -hmm. I saw you have a tweet, my friend, this past weekend about Cam Williams, who is out of Glenbard South, 2024 wide receiver. First 2024 that we're talking about outside of CJ Carr so far in this this podcast. So they beat – Streamwood 49 to 20 to move to 4 0 on the season. Cam Williams, eh, just a, a subtle five catches for 108 yards and a touchdown. And that is first straight 100 yard games to start the season. I saw you had a tweet that said, like, yo, I know there's a lot of good pass catchers, but like, I don't know if there's anybody better than Cam Williams, man. Like, he's pretty special. Like, we talk about what Braylon James, Great House, and Rico are doing. And you wrote a great piece last week just talking about. The film on Rico this year, as opposed yep. to the previous yep. season, how much more explosive he is. Look, man, Cam Williams might be having the best season out of all three, all four, shall I say. Like, really. And you see the same difference in explosion out of him this year with the average. I think before that game, I wrote a piece about his visit and what he was looking to do as a commit coming down to Notre Dame this weekend. 27 yards per reception, close to 140 yards a game, already seven touchdowns, receiving and he, running. He, he, hurt, he hurt those averages this weekend, though, Sean. He yeah, already he did. a little over 20 yeah. yards a catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. And he is just at peace because they've really – his team has played much better than what they thought they would play early in the season. They knew they had a good young team, but they thought they would really peak later in the year going into the playoffs. But they have been on the roll. His quarterback, Mr. Champagne, is just like, man, getting a lot of – man, getting looks. D1 looks right now. And when you have a quarterback and you have a dangerous weapon like that, like the kid still has one more year to get better before he heads down to South Bend. So, yeah. I I had to ask, you know, like who who's having a better season? Not who's better right now as a prospect, but right. like who who is having a better season at that position than the 2024 commit? I don't I don't know if you can honestly say anyone. Maybe Rico from day from like the first game has kind of right. dominated for his team. You know, Jaden didn't start yes. off well week one. Braylon has They've been so much better than everybody that, you know, he hasn't really gone out and dominated, in my opinion, like Cam and like Rico. But there it is. I had one person say Rico that responded under that tweet you talked about. They said Rico's had the best season. Yeah. He's he's got – he's. I mean, he's got got, – Rico's having a great season, man. Like, he has a good argument for it. They actually won – Folsom, he's out of Folsom High School in California. They beat Pittsburgh this past weekend in a nice matchup. They beat one 23 to 15. Did not get a 
final stat line for Rico for that game, Sean. But I mean, he continues to do his thing, man. Folsom's kind of on a nice little roll up to three and one on the season. You mentioned Braylon James. They actually, they didn't have a great game. Stony point this past week, they played Vandergrift and actually lost 41 to 13 and they limited Braylon's, um, Braylon's impact in that game. So not the best game for Braylon James this past week, but we know he'll get things on, on, you know, on course here pretty soon. But like you said, Rico, has maybe been the most impressive. That's why it was just absolutely absurd that on three dropped him out of the top 300, man. I'm like, what are right. we doing, man? What are we right. actually doing? Like, it doesn't make any dang sense that you drop Rico for what he's done this season. On Sean, a nice little preview for next week. Folsom is going to be playing De La Salle. So we'll see Rico against Cooper Flanagan in that game that's as his, well. That's his showcase. That's Rico's showcase, that game right there. If he comes out and puts in work like he's always doing, I think he gets reconsideration to get back up there in the rankings. There's no way that you face a national team like that that's ranked in the top 25 and you go out there and dominate, people, they're they're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cooper Flanagan had another nice game too, Sean. He had a 47-yard touchdown in, in their victory this past weekend. The De La Salle had played – Cathedral Catholic beat them 28 to 20. He had a 47 yard touchdown. He also had a sack on defense as well. I keep, I keep going back to this, man. I think he could play yeah. defense on the college level. And I think he could do it really well, but that's, you know, Absolutely. again, going to be a, going to be a good tight end on the next level though. There's no doubt. Jack Larson, also another dominating victory for his team, Sean 49 to 14 over Providence. Charlotte Catholic, excuse me, is now up to three and one on the season. They have a huge matchup next week. They're going to get Independence, who is 4-0 on the year. So we'll have to keep a lot of tabs on the 2024 commit, Jack Larson, tight end out of Charlotte Catholic in North Carolina as he heads into a big week. Offensive line-wise, again, man, I feel so bad, Sean, because we can't really highlight stats, man. Like, we'll talk about the victories and the losses and the big performances from their teammates, but, like, you can't – I mean, I don't have a pay, I don't have a pancake count – for how many pancakes Charles Jagasa had this past week, right? But Oliveman, unfortunately, did lose to Sterling. They dropped their third straight, 69-0. So a tough one for Charles and his team. Pinnacle got back on the winning way. They beat Queen Creek 39-13. to Of course, Elijah Page is the star left tackle for Pinnacle High School. I want to save Sullivan Absher for a second, Sean, because I'm going to – read some stats that are pretty nutty for his team but Sam Pendleton was out on the was on the wrong end of a 37 to 3 loss against East Forsyth High School out there in North Carolina Joe Otting continues their dominance so far for Hayden High School in Kansas 3 and 0 so far beat Rossville 55 to 34 and Sean I just said I can't really read off stats for offensive linemen but you know what stat I can read off Sullivan Abster's team South Point High School in North Carolina they beat Stewart W Kramer 47 to 14 Sean, on the day, they ran the ball for 491 yards on 56 carries. That's an 8.8 yards per carry. So if you've seen Southern Abster's film, man, you know my man can move the line of scrimmage a little bit. Pretty impressive day from that rushing attack. I would have loved to be in the hearts and minds of that defensive line midway through the third quarter knowing they had a whole quarter and a half still to play. <laughs> like, we have to go through this for another quarter. <laughs> I'm sure they were ready. They were begging for a twisted ankle or any injury. Like, sub me out, please. That's dominance. Oh, that is like taking yes. someone's soul and just, yo, that's running the same play in Madden over and over again against the computer. <laughs> you yes. know the computer's not, not on, on rookie change. mode. Yes, on, on rookie, rookie mode. mode. Like it, it's 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 sick, man. I saw that number because they were averaging about 300 yards a game rushing on the season. So like they've been doing that to everyone. But 491 yeah. yards, man. Is this Navy? Like this sounds like a yeah. really good Navy team right now, man. Like it is absolutely absurd. So haven't gotten the film on Sullivan Absher so far this season, man. But like sounds yeah. like dominating a little bit. Sounds like yeah. sounds like he's um doing pretty well. So. I all right, so let's move over to the defensive side of the football, Sean. So I'm glad we got a little bit of offensive line love there. Also, Peter Jones, Malvern Prep continue their winning ways. Almost skipped over yeah. Peter Jones 2024 commits. They beat Imhotep Charter 17 to 13. They have a massive matchup this week. They're going to go against Roman Catholic, 
who is also undefeated 4-0 in the season. If you're not familiar with Roman Catholic, that's where Will Fuller went to high school. And also they have Tysier Denmark, who is a 2024 wide receiver, top target for Notre Dame on the wide receiver board as well. So it's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun matchup. So defensively, Sean, Bubakar Traore got his season kicked off for Catholic Memorial out there in Massachusetts. They played LaSalle Academy, 47-7 victory for Bubakar Traore and his team. Also, Gerby Lambert's on that team. He's a star offensive tackle in the 2024 class. So they got a nice victory to start the season. Armel Mookum out of Woodbury Forest. They defeated Georgetown Prep 29-28. to Really impressive football game. And uh, Armel's able to get back on the winning ways after a loss in week two. But now they are sitting at 2-1. and one. Your boy, Brandon Davis Swain, Sean. You saw that video he posted. And uh, I know there was a question about Brandon Davis Swain. So we're going to talk about that in a second, actually. They won, though. 35 to 27. Mm-hmm. Closest game of the year they've had so far. They are 4-0 on the season, West Bloomfield. So uh, out of the state of Michigan. So, Sean, I think we should talk about this though for a second. Someone asked in the chat earlier about, about Brandon Davis Swain visiting Michigan this past weekend after this game. So, I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit about this, right? He went there with his teammates for one. It's the kind of the home state team, right? Yeah. It wasn't like he went there just you know, official, unofficial visit type of thing, right? Like he went with people to the game. People asked on the board, should we be concerned about this? I said no. And of course people are like, oh, you said the same thing with this guy. And I'm like, okay, not everybody's Keon Keeley, right? Like not every situation is going to be exactly the same, but I am personally not worried about Brian Davis Swain, but I want to give you any input that you wanted to kind of drop on that as well. To be fair as well, uh, Brian Driscoll mm-hmm. early in the process when Keon Keeley committed, said, put him on the side of possible decommitment. He was very honest about that, just knowing the situation. And it played out, unfortunately, that it went that way. But it's the same thing we say about him. It's the same thing we say about Peyton Bowen. I'm sure we'll get to him in a couple of minutes because people want to know about him. But, yeah, nothing to talk about. I reached out to him. He said he enjoyed it. Said they just went over there, had a big win. They enjoyed the game, and um, they said they'll probably they'll probably go to a Michigan State game this year as well. That's what kids in Michigan do. They have opportunities to go watch the Spartans. They have opportunities to go watch the Wolverines, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, I don't know. It was unofficial, so I don't know if coaches really had an opportunity to say anything to him or talk to him, but him and his dad are locked in with Coach Washington. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, it's really well. So we don't have to spend too much time on it, but I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like if I'm committed to a school when I was in high school and I, my dad was like, Hey, you want to go check out this game with like a couple teammates? I'd be like, yeah, let's go check out this game. That isn't the other school. Right. Like there's, it's not, not every game, not every situation is created equal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like it doesn't have to yeah. mean anything. It could mean something. But it doesn't have to mean anything. It's kind of and the whole point. So another another difference. I believe Keon, the majority of his re- recruitment was with the former staff. The majority of his recruitment, because I think when he committed, the coaching staff was still under construction as far as Marcus Freeman, and then he got an opportunity to meet Al Washington. But Al Washington, from start to finish, has been there with Brandon Davis Swain. It's more of a connection. And hopefully that makes you feel better. You know, but Brandon Davis Swain was adamant when he committed April 23rd, the weekend of the Blue and Gold game. I committed today because of Coach Al Washington. That's his direct quote. So you have to feel better about that situation. And I think it helps too, Sean, that – and again, we know we know one game isn't everything for recruits, but mm-hmm. Notre Dame did struggle the first couple weeks on the defensive line. But this past game against Cal, again, not a great, great offensive line, but you saw uh, uh, you saw Isaiah Foskey have a really good game. You saw Jason Malola have his slashes. You saw Howard Cross had a pretty solid football game. You saw Jacob Lacey dominate, right? So the defensive line just had a really nice showing. And for a player like Brandon Davis Swain that's kind of a – strong side defensive end that can also play a little inside and do all that type of stuff. Had to be nice to see a lot of different guys getting after for Notre Dame this past week. So 
let's kind of just touch a base real quick on Brandon Davis Wayne. So a couple other players that we touched to talk to on the defensive side of the podcast, by the Denton Geyer boys. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're giving our big guys some love the first. Devin Houston team St. James School out in Maryland. They played Williamsport this past week, Sean. They defeated them 43-13, dominating win. Four total tackles for Devin Houston, a tackle for loss. I think he had a sack and a half. It was just, yeah, ridiculous game for Devin Houston, who I think is also one of the more underrated football players in this class. And the last defensive line we're going to talk about, Owen Wayful, man, the Hunt School. Off to a really good yeah. start, by the way. 42-7 to victory over Brunswick School. They are 3-0 and on the season. So far, and they've—I mean—they've won every game like forty something to single digits, basically at this point. He had four tackles, a tackle for loss, also had a carry as a fullback. So I don't know if you've seen any of the film on Owen Wade at the fullback position, but he—he uh, he messes some people up, man. He does a pretty nice job. So pretty, pretty fun player to watch. But again, defensive line class. We talked and all about the Keon Keeley decommit, but there's still some really good defensive linemen coming to school to play at Notre Dame this week. Of course, Brandon Vernon was on a bye week this week as well. Just a quick note out of Mentor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, you know those defensive linemen love the opportunity to get on the offensive side of the ball. They already think they're <laughs> some of the best athletes in the world at their size. So, yeah, you get a guy like that. That clip was amazing. Devin Houston, like you yeah. said, you talked about him being a man. He was rocking with uh, Cam. He was rocking with Drake all weekend. They had a great time just having him back on campus. His film, to me, has been a little bit better. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. Okay. If I had my preference, I would have rather had the other guy that ended up at Ohio State in a vacuum. If you would just ask me, like, which, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have Houston or would you rather have this kid? Mm-hmm. And I would have take, probably said the other kid. I was just worried We're about, about Yes. Okay. And, yep. I, and I'm like, okay. And I started watching Houston's film a little bit more, and I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I, I see. I see what they see. And the problem was my bias knowing that he started out in Canada and it's like, okay, uh, maybe like the Chase Claypool effect, like, uh, but the more I watch him, the more I kind of fall in love with his film and what I see. And it's like, okay. And from what I hear, and this is something that was told me by one of the guys that was with him this weekend, like, yo, he's a beast in the weight room. Mm-hmm. I, I hear he's a beast in the weight room. So Matt Bayless is going to love getting this kid. He's going to love getting this kid. By the way, did that Chris, I finally saw that Chris Smith play you guys were talking about with the one. Yeah. Like, okay. That's, that's he's ridiculous. Got a little strength, man. That's ridiculous strength. A little bit. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a uh, he's a very strong kid. I mean, a couple of nice players came out of the Ivies this past year, man. From the from the, uh, I mean, Chris Smith g- giving Notre Dame some rips inside, and John Sott, right? I mean, he's Sott been a be tremendous right so far. Yeah, yeah. Sott might man, be he's, 
He's played really well, man. A, a, a yeah. position that was looked at as a weakness has turned into a clear strength for Notre Dame right yeah. now. So, yeah. And again, I know, like, we've gotten so many great questions already in the chat. Just want to let everybody know we're going to save that till our mailbag at the end, all the questions. But you can put questions in as anytime as you want. I'm going to keep storing them, and then we'll hit all your questions at the end. So keep dropping them in, man. Some great questions for later in the show. I can't wait for it. So defensive line-wise, Sean, we kind of covered it. Jane Osbury's team, University Lab, lost to Catholic BR 31-21. to A little bit of a tough loss for them. Drake Bowen's team, man. Andrea, they, they, they are now three straight victories, up to three and two on the season. They dominated Highlands 42-7. to Drake's been making plays on the offensive side of the football, catching the football, running the football defensively yeah. like he does everything for that team man so right. big time player no doubt and then another one Sean another linebacker Central Catholic big victory over St. John's Pope 17 to 7 don't know if you saw the highlights of that game but Preston Zinter had a forced fumble and fumble recovery and an interception in that game so linebackers had a pretty good weed overall man and was happy to see that Drake Bowen after a couple losses start the year that his team has now kind of really gotten onto a good little groove here the last three games you know, Drake Bowen's going for the back-to-back in two sports as state championship. He's already solidified back-to-back baseball state championships. And now he's going for his fourth, hoping to get the back-to-back in football. And he started – I'll share this a little bit. You know, Drake and I, you know, through and his dad, we have a really good relationship and we talk pretty often. And to say the least, uh, Drake was really frustrated after the first two games, just really frustrated. And uh, they lost to a, a good Maryville team. They're going to face a good Hobart team coming up. They both are three and two coming up this week. But they have recovered nicely. And the conversation was centered around something that he can probably relate to going to and watching this Notre Dame team, the leadership having to step up. And he, he took that accountability and that responsibility to go ahead and lead. And you see what's changed with the outcomes the last three weeks. And they're going to continue to build. But the Notre Dame staff was there at the Andrean game. And they really weren't there to see Drake. Let me tell you something about Pat Clack. His athleticism is really starting to show week to week. And he's making big-time plays for them in the passing game. And they're really a run-oriented offense. But he's making big-time yes. plays in the passing game. So keep your eyes and your ears out for the Notre Dame staff. Maybe getting an offer to him sometime coming up over the next month because he's going out and he's earning it on the field. And like you said, Preston's enter. We said this when he committed. Like, if Preston's enter is going to be – at that time, maybe one of your lowest ranked guys in the class, you got mm-hmm. a pretty darn good class. A pretty 100%. darn good class. So, you know, you have to love both of those linebackers. And Drake is on a mission. I'm going to tell you now. he's Drake Bowen is ready to be on campus right now. If he was allowed oh, yeah. to work out with the team right now, he would leave high school right now if he could. He is yeah. that amped. He is that ticked off about his ranking and the disrespect he feels like he's getting, and he is ready to show up and make a difference and prove everybody wrong. And so that's the type of mentality of kid that you have coming into the program. And at that position, we've documented this the last two weeks on post games. There's going to be plenty of opportunity at that position when he shows up on campus. No doubt about it. I mean, Sean, can we say two notes real quick, right? One, yeah. I love the mention of Pat Clax. Of course, he is a 2024 wide receiver who does not have an offer from Notre Dame right now, but we'll see. He's playing really well to your point. Is there any doubt, though, that Drake Bowen's just going to be like a, a maybe a multi-year, um, not multi-year starter, because I think that he could do that as well, but like a multi-year captain at Notre Dame, man. Like he just yeah. gives me those vibes. Like he's that yeah. type of leader. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that vibe around him like this kid. You go look at his pictures from this weekend. You see him at the front. Like every time there's a picture of commits, he's at the front and in the center. Yes. Like he he's the leader. And then you go and you see how much love he gets from the fan base. I see pictures of fans, you know, 
their kids wanting to take a picture with Drake Bowen, like four, five, six-year-olds. And then the next day, I see him taking a picture with another young man at church. You know, it's like, this is who you're getting. Someone that is going to be all-encompassing of the full community of Notre Dame and be much bigger than Notre Dame on the football field. He's going to be an ambassador for the entire university. He's going to be a great asset. And like you said, more than likely he'll wear that C on his shoulder multiple times before he leaves mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Sure, I'm not going to lie. Over the weekend, I was contemplating writing an article where I just kind of gush about my feelings over Drake Drake Bowen and just his his leadership and, and his importance a part of this recruiting class man because he is just leading by example and he is just like man i don't i don't even know how to quantify it man like even through the adversity he just is the 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 he's the beacon right like he is the leader of this recruiting class in my opinion he believes so much that anytime someone decommits he is confused like he is literally confused Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't i don't know what they don't understand how can they not see this how can they not see that this is the place to be? And when you have that type of belief from a kid and you get that transfusion into the locker room, that belief, plus the talent. It's not like we're just getting yes. a guy that believes that that's not talented. <laughs> He's extremely talented, folks. He's extremely talented. So you have to feel really good. Like you said, he is, man. He's special. He's a special kid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to undersell his talent because, I mean, the kid is 220-plus pounds and a really good athlete, right? Like, he can move. So, yeah, yeah, agree agree, agree with you completely there, Sean. So, let's talk about the defensive backs a little bit here, yeah. and we'll kind of wrap up the recruiting talk. So, Micah Bell's team, Kincaid School out of Texas, defeated Little Cypress-Morrisville 23-6. to didn't do much in this game because they kind of dominate this game defensively. He had 10 carries for 59 yards on the ground. The Denton Geyer boys, they had another big win, Sean. I keep talking about this man, but they went 23-6 to over Prosper. And, yes. I mean, honestly, man, they're off to an undefeated season. They look a little PO'd, if I'm being honest. Like, they look ready to try to go – because they lost to Westlake 40-21 to in the state championship. They look a little PO'd to me. Man, they look like they're coming because they didn't even have a good day offensively in this game, but the yeah. defense just came to play during this contest. So excited to see Peyton Bowen obviously is the mainstay in that in that unit there. 2023 commits to Notre Dame safety. 2024 targets Eli Bowen, cornerback, and also Jackson Arnold obviously is committed to Oklahoma. Ryan Yates is committed to LSU currently as well in the defensive backfield. So very talented Denton Geyer crew. Irvington High School defeated Columbia, New Jersey action. 40 to 0. Adon Schuler continues to be an enforcer on the back end and a good punt returner for the team as well. And then Ben Minich, a guy that again I feel like is very underrated in this class, won 31 to 7 over Princeton High School for Lakota West out of out of the state of Ohio. Him and Malik Hartford continue to be one of the, arguably the best safety tens in all of high school football. So it's uh it's it's Another good class is the defensive backs coming to the school, Sean, in 2023. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Ben Minich was on campus on Saturday as well. I thought I saw him in the picture with Drake Bowen. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he looks menacing. (laughs) Hey, everybody's smiling, Ben. Smile. When I saw him in the picture, and I'm like, yo, look, people – Ryan Roberts does a great job of putting together this Intel piece each and every Monday. Don't miss it, irishbreakdown.com. But as much as you enjoy reading, we feel much better being able to cover these kids. (laughs) It's much more enjoyable for us to be able to watch, pull in the experience, and then convey it to you guys. I'm telling you, it is a joy to watch the players that Notre Dame has committed to the 2023 class and some of the guys that they're still trying to recruit to get into both classes. Yep, yep. 
100%, man. So that's going to kind of wrap up a little bit of recruiting talk. Apologize if there's any audio difficulties. Sounds like my audio has been kind of going in and out a little bit. So I apologize. And thank you all so much for just kind of sticking with me on this. So that is going to wrap up, though, this recruiting hour. Do not go anywhere because we're going to talk about college football in general moving up here and then also get into the mailbag. So if you want to keep knocking in some mailbag questions we're going to keep starring these guys and we're going to get you a lot of great information here moving forward but that's going to do it for this section of the recruiting hour on the Irish breakdown podcast This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.